It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chuck on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Six on the fourth down play incomplete in the end zone. What is your, what was your advantage point and what happened on that play in your estimation? It looked like you just missed him. Did Kirk seem a little bit off today? I mean, he also had that two-point conversion where he looked like he missed the guy as well. No, I thought he played well. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. That really, uh, that enlightened things. Chris Thomason asked the questions and you gave three-word answers. He played. He played so well, Kirk. Yesterday, I just you know, he played well. Bravo well. to how uh, how well he played, especially in the second half. Yep. It's never his fault. I thought. Never his. Fault. I thought he played well. I thought the whole team. Play, I mean, they are giving an effort of which I have not seen before. I love that. that that's the season long theme. It's clear that somebody got to Mike and said, "You got to like tone it down, Mike. Like they're going to lose games, and if you complain constantly and call them soft, they're going to check out." So now it's always. These guys compete. <laughs> These guys but like, compete. But, but like the, the know, but the, here they are again. They're five and six. Like there's a, a million. The Vikings show you a million different ways to comp- get to almost Phil. playoffs. So what? What more do you want? They're competing. I want statements. I want statements. Okay. That's what I want. All right. All this right. is Mackie and Judd, daily Minnesota sports entertainment therapy loathing in this case. Uh, and what was a great weekend for Minnesota sports? It really was. The board. Wild victories. Timberwolves oh. with a huge road double overtime win. The Axe. I mean. In Philly, baby. The Wolves in By- Philly. Byron Buxton signs a yeah, long-term twins. extension, which for some people that's probably not good news. But for me, it's good news. I what? like Byron Buxton. We doubted the Twins. How dare we <laughs> doubt Sir Falvian, Sir sure. Levine? How dare and- we do that? And then here come the Vikings, stumbling in, booze on their breath, and screw everything up. So, Judd, you deliver the first statement here on this Monday. All right. First statement. Taking a page from the 90s cinema, Winona Ryder, Ethan Hawke, Reality Bites. That's my first statement. Reality Bites. So, So the wins against the Chargers and the Packers gave us some hope. They gave us some hope. Hey, this team has turned a corner. Offensively, they're embracing what they do well. Maybe they have found um, the formula. Maybe they have found a sweet spot in which they can do something that, you know, lots of teams struggle to to do, which is make a real midseason adjustment and pivot. Um, Sunday's game was just the latest example, though, and I don't want to hear it was close, and I don't want to hear about the officials. Sunday's game was the latest example of the work that is left to be done for this team to become 
a Super Bowl contender. So not a play. There's seven teams now make the playoffs. I keep saying this. A crappy team is going to make the playoffs. Okay, so don't say they made the playoffs. They could yes, they can still and they probably should make the playoffs. But yesterday's game was really another part of the equation in realizing if we didn't already. And yes, it's hard not to get your hopes up when they win back-to-back games, especially on the road against the Chargers and then at home against their arch rival. But it really was a reminder of where this team is at and how much work is left to be done. And do they have some parts that I really like? Absolutely they do. Justin Jefferson's a great player. They've got some nice parts. But those parts are just the the outside of the frame of the car. The engine's not working great. It doesn't hum consistently. There's a lot of things that need to be improved upon. Reality bites, but we got reality on Sunday. The Vikings, God, they just they love to pop up late November, right? Last year, in We're fact, here. I just I just pulled the last couple of years. So, We're here. 2019, late November week. Let's see here, week 11 was the 20 point comeback against the Denver Broncos, right? November 17th at home. Going into a bye. Just a great feel-good regular season win over a meh AFC team. Last year, week, let's see here. Uh, yeah, it was week uh, week 12. Was another come-from-behind victory over the Carolina Panthers. And then last week against the Packers. It's like late November is the pinnacle for this football team. And then everyone lets their guard down. And they forget. No, no, no. Like The great teams, that Packers game, that Chargers game, the season's not over. Like, great teams keep doing that time and time again. I'm not saying they were going to run the table, uh, especially with four defensive linemen missing. But, you know, it's it's almost like the last two games were this crowning achievement for this team. And look, that's the way that we can play football. There's nothing else to accomplish here. No, there's like seven games left. <laughs> well, yeah. And the formula on Sunday was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. You had the ball in the quarterback's hands uh, with a chance to go down and tie. And really, your last two drives, you had that chance. And we were just, we were provided a reminder of the work that is left to be done and the changes that are probably absolutely necessary to be made. That's what I would say. Yep. Okay. All right. My first statement here, piggybacking off everything. Judge just said, when the Vikings needed him the most, Kirk Cousins completely short-circuited in the second half yesterday. The check engine light came on, like, early in the third quarter with, was it early in the third? When did he throw that ridiculous interception? That was third quarter. Vikings' first ser- his first pass in the third quarter. Yep, just, just a complete, like, we haven't seen that really since the Falcons game last year. And he's been, like, statistically, which is his M.O., on a tear since about, you know, the midway point of last season. But the interception happens, and instead of flushing it or just moving on, you know, he then throws a ground ball to Justin Jefferson on a key two-point conversion. Mm -hmm. He goes full Donovan McNabb and just like three hops one to Justin Jefferson. Uh, Then he goes into rapid-fire check-down mode. Ham, Conklin, Ham, Madison, instead of Jefferson, Thielen, which is what got you points in the first half. Um, He misfired on that late, late fourth down throw to Jefferson. But the absolute peak Kirk Cousins moment, maybe even of his Vikings career, like in terms of like full Kirkian brain malfunction, Mm -hmm. 
playoffs are in the balance, and people were kind of arguing with me about that last night. Well, they're still the seven seed. They're a game below 500, and they're clawing to maintain the seven seed. Playoffs are very much in the balance at this point. Mm-hmm. If you win that game yesterday, 83% chance to make the playoffs. You didn't clinch yesterday, but if you win that game yesterday, playoffs are no longer in the balance. Like, you're a game or two clear of everybody else with tiebreakers. But with playoffs in the balance, game on the line, clock ticking in the fourth quarter, Kirk Cousins lines up behind the right guard. What more needs to be said? In the biggest moment of the season to that point, hey, you get tie this game, one stop, get the ball back. Like the, Your defense has allowed 200 yards rushing, and you're still sitting here with a chance to win the game. But it's tense. There's some anxiety. You're playing on the road. you got to rise up. And instead of rising up, he slides to the right. Actually, he was moving from, from the right because right. the wide receivers were confused. And people are using that to say, well, what's he supposed to do? The idiot wide receivers are confused. Well, it might be helpful if somebody in the huddle clearly communicated the formation. Like, why are we why are we putting that on the two the two receive two receivers? Yeah. Both of them somehow like were idiots and had no idea what was going on. Or maybe there was some miscommunication from the guy delivering the play in the huddle. And he's realizing, oh my god, I got, I, I got to fix this. But then he got total panic moment in the biggest spot in the game. But then he got a chance. But like, okay, it's not ideal. But you called out, you called timeout two. So like, let's say you calm down, everything calmed down. The timeout's gone. So now, now, and you get your chance at redemption on fourth down. Go back and watch that that play. That's the problem. The fourth down play, Justin Jefferson, if that is in his vicinity, catches that ball. And Kirk he go- basically threw the ball away. Yes, and but go back and watch. He threw the ball away, and he talked about this because of what he perceived as pressure. But when they went to break on the Fox game right before that, they showed the end zone camera. So you were basically looking through Jefferson. And the pressure was this. It was coming, but he doesn't get hit until after he delivers the ball. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's that's this league. So it's not like he was, it's not as if he was taking a hit going down and like, I'm going to try and throw. He actually makes the throw and then he gets hit. That's how this league operates. And that ball, if it's anywhere in, you know, if you bring that down just a little bit, Jefferson's going to catch that ball. So that's the astounding thing is he lines up under guard, burns a timeout, things are going nuts, has the chance to take a very deep breath and, and be like, okay, that sucked, but we are going to score. And he blew it again. That's the incredible thing. And go back and watch that. And I dare, I, I challenge anybody to tell me that that bad throw was on anybody but Kirk. Like he's, yeah, he got hit. Guys Kirk. get hit all the yes. time. That's how this league in operates. Fact, and, and again, this is the thing that people do too. It's like, well, why don't you, the, the defense gave up 200 yards rushing to which I say, yeah, I think, I think that was a real, honestly, that was a realistic yeah. outcome going talk, into the game. We, I mean, talked, we talked about talk, that last, last week, right? We, They're yes. probably going to get road graded with four backup defensive linemen. So can they come over the top, win this game in a shootout, and pick on a pretty mediocre San Francisco pass defense? Yep. And despite giving up 400, or I'm sorry, 200 plus yards on the ground, they had multiple chances still to win that game. The offense knew the mission going into that game, or at least they should have. You got to score 30 plus points, which isn't unrealistic with all the weapons that they have. And by the way, offensive line grades, Mason Cole was outstanding yesterday, according to PFF. Ezra Cleveland was outstanding. Um, their three highest graded players were all offensive linemen. And so, like, the offensive line gave Kirk plenty of time to throw yesterday. 
if he doesn't malfunction in the second half and throw that terrible interception, yep. and if he makes a couple throws that he should have made, a two-point conversion here, don't freak out on fourth and goal the second time. Like, I would say three bad Kirk Cousins, maybe four plays away from them winning that game. Is he the main reason why they lost? No, the run defense is. But he's being paid to win that game yesterday. And just, well, but he won the Packers game. Then that's great. But the season didn't end after the Packers game. And so they're probably going to beat the Lions. They're probably going to get back to 500. But this is like classic Kirk Cousins, Mike Zimmer, spinning tires, and everything adds up to grinding for a bottom seed in the in the NFC playoffs. Same old, same old story. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Perfect piggyback. My statement is, if you don't know where your center is, you don't know where a Super Bowl is. And Kirk Cousins, <laughs> my God, buddy, come on down. NFL veteran and apparently the greatest Vikings quarterback since Dante Culpepper, right? Maybe even better than Fran Tarkington with all the stats he puts up, right, for God's sake, with the way people defend him. On fourth down and goal... Couldn't figure out where his own center was lined up. So he goes behind the guard. If I hear one more person ever blame the offensive line not being good enough for Kirk Cousins, I want you to play that play where he lines up behind his guard on loop. It's not a miss, it's not missed officials. It's not missed kicks. It, he lines up behind the wrong player. His own backup running back is telling him, Kirk, you're in the wrong spot. Alexander Madison is saying, Buddy, you got to move the hell over. I know it's fourth and goal. We're on the road. The crowd's probably a little crazy, but you have to step up here and get lined up under the right player. It's not even just, hey, this is going to be a big-time play. you got to deliver a strike. It's fourth and goal. This is crunch time. It's it. You lined up behind the wrong guy. This tops throwing to Latavius Murray with his back turned to the offensive line. This tops him taking a knee instead of spiking it when he was in Washington, which also Kirk Cousins did. This is now the all-time Kirk Cousins blunder. How in God's name do you think that that guy can rise up and lead you to a Super Bowl when you're lining up behind the wrong player? So if you don't know where your center is, Kirk, I don't think you have any idea where a Super Bowl is. I mean, I, you know, the stats. Look at, But look at the stats. Look at this. Look at this. I feel like I, I can't think of a quarterback in NFL history where there's a wider gap for me between the stats he puts up that you could, like, compare him to Hall of Famers depending on the stats that you look at and the eye test. Because the stats would tell you, oh, he's Drew Brees, he's Dan Marino, he's Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and this, that, and the other, right? But the eye test tells you he's a teeth clencher in moments of crisis and adversity, he rises up sometimes, but largely gets swallowed up by the moment and is not going to be the one that, you know, carries you through three playoff games or whatever it's going to be. And another eye test thing too, teammates roll their eyes at him. Justin Jefferson yesterday was rolling his eyes a couple times. Look at that play where he he lines up under the right guard too. And like guys are throwing their arms up. Throw the flag. Throw the flag, Kirk. Throw the yeah, he wasn't talking flag, to the official. No, the he was talking route. about the flag rod. That's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, you you think the look on Thielen's face is not caused because because he's distressed about Jefferson, the run. The look on his face is because the quarterback and the offense as a whole doesn't function like it should. I, I mean, flat out, that game, 
as bad as the run defense was on Sunday, which we knew was probably going to be the case, you had to just go and tell Kirk and that and the entire offense, you're almost going to have to carry us. And they had a chance to win. And they still didn't. Like, you just got to cut it loose. And once he throws the pick, you got to say, Kirk, we don't care. Picks are going to happen. In fact, you know what, Kirk? Go throw another one. We don't, we, you, you've got to take those chances uh, and throw potential picks because we are going to need you today to put up probably 40 plus points. Yeah. By the way, by the way, mm-hmm. no Kirk way. was pressured on only six dropbacks yesterday. Well, only six dropbacks with pressure yesterday. That's pretty incredible. His I mean, second that's, half, a, that's a clean pocket all day on the road against San Francisco. His first half stats before said pick, okay? 12 of 17, 147 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. It's damn good. Awesome. First first throw of the second half is picked. His numbers thereafter, 8 of 15, 91 yards, the pick. I mean, it, def- it definitely... And a lot of those 15 throws and, were not to Jefferson and Thielen. And so the issue then he is... He got spooked. He got spooked. Exactly. But the issue then is if you need him... Right now, you need him to help carry you. You can't take one mistake and allow it to impact your entire day. And he did. And and that's unworkable. That's unworkable when you need him to help carry you. And that's he's what the he's, relie- paid to he's do. the reliever in baseball yes. that gives up a bomb in the playoffs and then like can't get it right for two years, right? Or yep. or or goes on a week long the closer stretch and that's can't ruined. throw a ball over the plate. Yeah. Exactly right. Exactly. Like, dude, it's fine. You threw an interception. It was a terrible interception, yeah, but, but it's gonna happen. Whatever. You're still in the game. It's all good. All right, Judd. Okay, I like to combine on th- this show a true passion of ours: reckless speculation. Mm-hmm. In the deduction of because I feel like this, I feel like the whole thing of Kirk was under guard. What happened? What happened at the end of the first half? Everybody basically is like, oh, nothing happened. We just, oh, oh, you don't, don't, don't ask, don't tell, right? Right now, my statement's going to bring you the reality of what happened on both of those plays because it's very clear. It's very clear, and they're never going to fess up. In fact, they haven't even fessed up about why I'm going to tell you this was caused. The statement is this. Preamble to a statement. (laughs) Classics all get. Too many chefs, okay? (laughs) I told you guys like three weeks ago, Andrew Janoko, the quarterback's coach, is clearly helping call plays now. Like, there's yeah, no Kirk, Kirk, Kirk chewed his ass. I know he the locker did. Room so he's been so it is so, so Kubiak's upstairs. Janoko is downstairs, and at some point, like around the Chargers game, Janoko got more authority, and so it was Kubiak Janoko play goes into Kirk's helmet, which is why we saw what we saw at the end of the first half, and in when Kirk lined up under guard. Very, very simple. Too many chefs. You have multiple people. Kirk Kirk and the offense freaked because what was clear was he had conflicting messages or or something was coming in late to Kirk. That's why he lost his he lost his wits because he's I'm work here guy. I work here. Tell me yeah, what dude. to do. And 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 Kirk can't shut the damn helmet thing off and, and be like, okay, guys, screw it. Here's my play call. He's well, Prime. he could if you wanted to. Oh, he could. You can't, but, shut, the, you but can't he can. shut the headphones off. But like, No, but in his mind, he can't because he works here. I work here. I, I'm employee number eight. That's my number. I checked. I, I went to work today, and I put in my employee card. I'm number eight, <laughs> and I'm being told what to do. 
but he clearly on both of those plays had multiple ideas that that those that Kubiak and Jinoko had percolating. Yeah. And that's why go back and watch the last play of the first half when Kirk is pissed. He takes that ball like a five year old and chucks it out of bounds because mm-hmm. he's mad. He and so that, that play was going nowhere. He he was mad and he chucked it like a five year old having a tantrum. And that's why he started he started gesticulating like, "What were you guys doing? What were you guys doing?" That's multiple people trying to tell him what to do because we don't really have one guy calling plays now. Yeah, and if and, and you know, I keep going back to our purple daily mission statement: Super Bowl. We want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl. When you see that cluster bleep at the end of the first half, and, and we, we even talked about the defensive cluster bleep, which is a historic defensive cluster bleep at the end of first halves this year. They've given up 66 points in the last, what, minute of two the minutes. first half? Last two minutes. Two minutes 66 it's crazy. Points. It's, it's the most any team has ever given yeah. up through this many games by far. Uh, so that, that aside, which is another thing, like how are you supposed to win a Super Bowl when you are that chaotic in the key moments? You're not. When you're that chaotic with 12 seconds left, the the best teams in the NFL, the ones that win Super Bowls, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady, right? And the the when the Seahawks were great with Russell Wilson back in the day, and name any number of teams, they are surgical with time management, timeout management, and they know exactly what they're calling. They know the 10 plays that they're going to run, and they're just picking the ones that make sense. And the Vikings move past the, you know, they got a nice little 14-yard completion to Dalvin Cook. They move into, like, fringe field goal range. I get not kicking a 64-yarder. I'm fine with that. But you got five seconds left. What's What are you, you going to drop? Now, Justin Jefferson did slip on the play, and I do wonder, like, you know, was the plan to throw it to Jefferson quickly, call they, timeout, and he slipped? But they had three timeouts. Just the second he slips, call the timeout. Well, you're in the middle of the play, though. Oh, you oh you're saying, playing. oh, yeah. I, I thought he slipped at the end, too. But anyway. uh, I think he slipped mid route. But my my point is, yeah, it's such a cluster bleep in terms of yeah. like what play are we going to run, and that like it should either be a hail mary, it should be a quick pass, like boom, five yards down timeout, mm-hmm. or it should be a sixty four yard field goal. And somehow they chose none of those options, and Kirk <laughs> winds up throwing a pass out of bounds as the clock. He did out. it because he was mad too. Like like you could see that that pass was like a screw it pass and, and, and like for anyone saying well i mean it's just one play no th- this is these are symptoms if you if you want to win a super bowl these are little symptoms chaos and disorganization at the line of scrimmage on a big fourth down play with the game on the line like if you can't operate and at least get the playoff that you want to yeah. and not have mass confusion yeah and not line up under your right guard how are you going to beat four teams in a row in january and february you're not well and here's what i want though I, if I if my QB has as much experience as Kurt and I pay him what Kirk makes, I want him to be be like, I'll just call the play, guys. Don't worry about it. Like yeah, he's guys, clearly trying to get direction, like he's twenty five years old. Like, give me direction. What, what what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And, yeah. and that's why he he went to the wrong position because he was so flustered by the fact that just work here, guy wasn't being given the right instructions. Yep. And even though the wide receivers lined up on the wrong side, which maybe maybe it's the wide receivers' fault for not it was two of them by the way. It was KJ Osborne were... and Justin Jefferson. It's two for yeah. it to be two of them. If it's one guy, oh maybe that guy misheard the play or the formation in the huddle. If it's both, 
I that would be such an amazing coincidence if both guys are wrong well, and like Kirk said the play right and those guys heard it wrong. But major miscommunication either from Kirk or from Right, but that makes sense the two Kubiak. Be, but I bet you I bet you what happened was there were two at least similar calls that that came in of some sort and somebody said, "No, no, no, we're supposed to be in this one." And Kirk freaks out and he's trying to to get those guys to shift. I'm telling you, this is uh, this is the dilemma of too many chefs. You need and when your one quarterback person, isn't a true leader, correct? And your happens. quarterback just had to take control at that point and be like, "Screw it, here's what we're going to do." And you know, he didn't, can't. Uh, all right, my next statement here is the Mike Zimmer Kirk Cousins pairing is what it is. A great, it is what. Thank it you, is. Kelly Campbell. A gravitational pull toward 500. Mm-hmm. Put it this way: if your franchise wins three games every single year, and you're desperate to be more relevant, to win more games, then Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins might as well be your Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. They will get you to eight or nine wins and make you more relevant. But if your franchise has been around for 61 years with zero Super Bowl championships, unfortunately, those guys will get you eight or nine wins. Maybe a playoff win. Maybe if you're lucky. But there is no evidence that those guys as a pairing... Uh, and in the four years, they are now 30, 28, and 1. So almost exactly 500, which is not bad if you're the Jets or the Texans. I think those franchises would die to be 30, 28, and 1 over a four-year stretch. But it's not good enough if you want to win a Super Bowl. And I think the 49ers, I think right now it looks like with their schedule too, they're probably going to finish over 500 like a 9 or a 10-win team because they've got this thing back on track. So coming into the season, Zimmer and Cousins were Five and nineteen as a pairing against teams that finished the season with a winning record. They're on track this year to be two and five. If you think that Cincinnati's not going to tumble and the Cardinals aren't going to tumble, and you know San Francisco's probably borderline, I'm putting them in the in the above five hundred list right now. So that would make them seven and twenty four against teams that finished the season with a winning record. I mean, you can divvy up the blame however you want. Cousins it doesn't matter. Or whatever it exactly. is. But like, it's, it's a grab. And by the way, there's a lot of people that hear all of this and say, well, I mean, like, it could be worse. Could be the Jets. Yeah. And that's true. Like, it definitely beats being a Jets fan. Maybe that's the new slogan for Vikings football. Beats Don't. being a Jets fan. You're not going to win a Super Bowl. You're not going to go to a Super Bowl. But you're also not going to be the Jets and have your season be over in And week you know what? Three. For some, I think that's just fine. I really do. I think they're fine with, hey, 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 we could be the Lions. Okay, yeah, you're right. You could be. But you also didn't sign Kirk Cousins to not be the Detroit Lions. Yeah, the the bar was. You signed him to that contract to win a Super Bowl because you thought you were close. Uh, Dex? Yeah, one more statement from me here on the bikes. Uh, My statement is, winners know how to win. And I'm talking about the combination of Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan. For all the crap Jimmy G gets, who is a flawed quarterback, by the way, he is a far from perfect guy. Uh, But you know what he does? The dude wins. He and Kyle Shanahan together have won games. And haters of the quarterback wins statistics. You might want to mute me. You might want to deduct me a point here. But at the end of the day, Jimmy and Kyle Shanahan are 30 and 42 together. 30 wins and 12 losses. 71% 71% of the games that Jimmy Garoppolo has started for San Francisco, he has won. And in 57 games in Washington, Kirk Cousins won 26 of them. In 58 games in Minnesota, Kirk has won 30 of them. 
He's a far from a guy, a perfect quarterback, and someone who I wouldn't give top dollars to. But Jimmy G, as much as crap as he gets, he had his team up 10 points in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. And he gave that game away. Don't there was Jimmy G did not have a great game in that Super Bowl, but at the end of the day, the dude has figured out ways to win ball games. And Kirk Cousins has not. How come if Jimmy G is such a flawed quarterback that Garoppolo is winning 71% of his starts and Kirk Cousins, who is obviously more talented and a better quarterback than Jimmy G. And 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 we have been critical of Kirk, but that's that's not a hot take. That's a fact, basically. How come Jimmy G has won more games than Kirk Cousins? Why is that? Why is that I mean, the case? I think Kyle Shanahan's yeah. a better head coach. Yeah. That's probably the He takes Debo and puts him in the backfield. Think mm-hmm. about that. Which which when you see it, you're like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Makes perfect sense, right? You think the Minnesota Vikings would ever take Debo and put him in their backfield consistently? Of course they wouldn't. They'd tell you, yeah, that's crazy talk. You're being crazy by talking about that. Shanahan has the ability, and and he is also not a perfect coach, but he has the ability at least to see the game for what it is now, which is positionless football, and he puts people in positions that are going to give them opportunities to produce. I mean, we are literally in this town pulling teeth at times for Justin Jefferson to get balls thrown to him. Think about that for a second. And then get creative with them. And the Vikings did. They threw a pass. I, I love that. Threw a pass. Um, last week, he lined up in the backfield. I love that. Caught a touchdown pass. That was a really good idea. But think about they it. They ran a flea flicker yesterday. Yeah, they flea ran flea a flea flicker. They a wide receiver pass. But think about if you had a 24-7 offensive mind who said, okay, I'm going to look at Nwangu, Jefferson. I got I got some ideas here. Think about that. Yeah, it's the, the it just it feels not just feels like it just flat out should be a better team than five and six. Hundred percent. They should they should not be stalling out for large chunks offensively like they do. They just they should be one. Who's of, the who's the innovator? Who's the offensive innovator? I mean, it's literally Clint Kubiak is your quote unquote offensive. Who innovator. knows at this point? Because Zimmer is not. Also, something that drives me nuts here, and then we got to get to Randy and Cottage Grove here oh, shortly. Boy, I'm worried. But um, there's a Q and A that Mark Craig did with Kirk Cousins early in the week. And it came out yesterday before the game. And uh, this sums it all up right here on the on the Zimmer Cousins front. So, again, this is the fourth year those guys have been together. And uh, Mark Craig writes that Zimmer used to spend time every week with Teddy Bridgewater sitting down, talking about third downs, whatever, you know, young quarterback. And he did it with Sam Bradford for a full year back in, what, 2016, whatever mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. And then for whatever reason, whether it was he just didn't want to be hanging out with a backup quarterback, Case Keenum, or just like he, like he stopped doing it somewhere around 2017, Case Keenum, and certainly first year through year three of Kirk Cousins. And so Mark Craig asked Kirk Cousins, hey, it looks like you've, you're having your best season of your career. How much has that helped those meetings with Zimmer on Thursdays? How much is that helping you? And he said, quote, I think Coach Zimmer and I have similar experiences in terms of the pressure that's on us for this organization to win. So we kind of share that bond, maybe uniquely uh, as far as anybody else in the building, in terms of the weight that we carry. So, yeah, it's good to carry that weight together now. You guys have carried that weight for all four years. And if you both have carried that weight, and if you both are – the number one and number two most important people for this franchise winning football games, 
why now are you just starting to build a connection with each other? It's so weird. And how nobody else in the organization, does Rick Spielman, like, does nobody else come down after the first year maybe where there's offensive coordinator turmoil and Zimmer had to fire John Filippo midseason? Does no one come down and say, all right, all right, all right. Let, the most important relationship here, even though you're a defensive guy, Zim, is Zimmer and Cousins. Mm-hmm. You guys are the most important stakeholders here for us. So how can we build a relationship and how can we get you guys in a room at least once a week and how that doesn't happen until year four? Well, it is incredible. First of all, I, I think Mike has somewhat surprisingly, I think Mike has operated unchecked largely. Like, I don't think Rick, it, Rick is the GM. So ideally Rick does come down, but, but I mean, it was clear from day one before they signed Kirk that Mike begrudgingly would go along with that plan. I mean, Mike made that clear at the combine. He knew when when he talked about it's important not to invest too much into a quarterback because it's going to take away from where we also need help, i.e. my defense. That was about Kirk Cousins. Yeah. That was 100%. And so the whole thing goes to the point of, one, Mike begrudgingly took on Kirk, and two, you know, you can try and spin this any way that you possibly want, but those two do not get along. Like, they they are trying, but it's too late now. It's too late. We are, Kirk came in as Rick's adopted kid, and Mike was like, I don't really like him. And now it's like, well, at the end, we'll, we'll try and make, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. That's the, the reality that we keep coming back to with games like, Sunday is going to continue to happen until there are significant changes made. It's that simple. Like we can bang our heads against the wall and the Vikings and Kirk stands can go out of their, their way. And they will to tell us that we're wrong, blah, blah, blah until Kirk is gone. At which point they'll say, yeah, Kirk wasn't as good as we thought. Ah, that's okay. Uh, Which inevitably will happen. But yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not workable. I, I feel, I feel like everything with the Vikings is trying to grind things out. The games, the relationships, everything is like this begrudging, trying to grind things out. And at some point in time, you just have to say, let's all take a step back here. And there are some very necessary divorces that have to take place. Yeah, no, that's that's. I think that's well said. If you missed Vikings Vent Line yesterday, it was another great therapy session. Go check it out on the Purple Daily podcast feed or YouTube channel, and uh, sit tight because we will get to the most passionate, and I would say maybe even uh, studious Vikings fan we know. He grinds the film more than anybody else. Randy in Cottage Grove, a dud stable coming up. What happened at the end of the first half, there, Kurt? Specifically, the, well, the final were, play. Yeah, the final play. You were like real, very upset. You went over to. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, we just weren't able to get into field goal range and uh, ran out of time, and uh, um, just disappointed that we weren't able to get points there. Were you just disappointed because you guys weren't moving fast enough to get? Just wanted a field goal there, and we weren't able to get it. <laughs> oh man, dude, he's he was pretty salty. Kirk was after that one. Can't blame him. He should be salty, but it's also you like that. All right, let's bring him in here. He is our uh, he's our friend, Randy in Cottage Grove. He's the most passionate Vikings fan we know. What's going on, Randy? How are you today? It's it's not an easy job these days to be passionate. Mm. Wow, that's too bad. Not easy. 
And no, no, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure you're very disappointed in Kirk and that, the offense, huh, Randy? The, the whole thing, uh, there's a lot of things that went wrong for me in the last week, and this is just the latest one. So it's, it's you know, that's chin up, I guess. It's just the only, the only way out of this is through. You want to talk about the other things that are going wrong? I mean, we're, you know, we're here for you within reason. I had a relapse. Sort oh, of a flare up. And uh, oh, no. have a health condition that I've dealt with in the past. And uh, it came at a bad, inopportune time from, uh, from, uh, from, a, from a romantic standpoint. Your, you did your, 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 your jock itch came back? Not the name. It's a medical condition. Can you cruise? It's called Jockage. Yep, it is Jockage. If there's anyone listening in the Tania Kuris community, I I do apologize. Put some powder uh, on it for the host, Uh, but um, it's not it's not ideal. It makes everything irritable and makes me irritable. And uh, and then yesterday, you know, we were ready to go. We were ready to rip, ready to get above 500. Just kind of look on and, and get ready for you know a real good playoff push here. And I said last week, there's no no reason that we can't run the table. Mm-hmm. Well, that's already out the door in one week, and and then the, the, the it's frustrating. The whole thing is just is it's it's a dumpster fire, and uh, I'm back to where I kind of what I felt about before, and uh, it's not a good taste, and it's a, a stinky taste. Mm. Well, I think that's probably a good segue here. Do you want to just? I'm assuming you have a dud stable yeah, lined up for us here. Let's we... do it. There's only going to be three uh, three three members in this stable. Or, or, Three, three positions in this stable. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Okay. This yep. is Randy and Cottage Grove's Week 12 dud stable after a loss to the 49ers. This is uh, Week 12, another winnable game. And they should, When they put a tombstone on uh, Zim's career here, should just say right on it, there were some winnable games. A lot of them. A whole lot of them. Here's another one. This, uh, this dud stable, another one that could have been a stud stable, but here's a dud. Uh, three, 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 three slots. We'll start with the dud. The guy who, you know, makes way too much money to be, you know, run, running around, airmailing, uh, airmailing, uh, you know, back of the end zone. That should have been a catch. Jefferson would get that if it's anywhere near his body. It's, a, it's an airmail pass in a big, uh, big moment. Kirk Cousins, they're dud. Now the super dud. Oh, yes. Here's a guy who uh, is overrated, uh, overpaid, and overmatched uh, unless everything's perfect. He has to have all the conditions be perfect. And sorry they weren't perfect on every play. Defensive line didn't need to be perfect, and they they at least, you know, tried. But not this guy. He he needs needs a, a Pollyanna existence. Well, you're, uh, good luck having it be perfect now that you're a, a super dud. Kirk Cousins, super oh. dud. Oh, you like that? Wait. Wait. You like that? So and, Kirk's and, the dud and the super dud. Excuse me. And finally, oh, sorry. Uh, now we're crowning off with the super duper dud. Uh, this is the big dud of all. And this is a guy who doesn't even know. Sounds like the... Are you uh, at the bar? Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, what, are you, Have you been at the bar at, since yesterday? I'm at the casino. Oh, I'm at the casino, casino trying to trying to blow off a little steam. So, someone won a no, 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 I hope you got that powder with you to take care of your jack itch. 
There's a lot of ladies at casinos. You you, you think it's all about uh, uh, Tinder and uh, uh, Grinder or whatever, but there's a lot of ladies on, on casinos uh, wow. who, are, who are available. I'll just say that. Back of Virginia who, Slims. They're all around my age, too, table. so have fun, Randy. They're who. Yeah. <laughs> They're hooting and they're hot and they're yeah, I love rolling up to uh, those yeah. old women in with air tanks and cigarettes at casinos. That's my favorite. Double they're, down, hey, that Aladdin least, kid. At, hey, at girl. least they know where. At least they know where to line up. If you know what I mean. And, <laughs> and this, this super duper dud doesn't know where to line up. He, he's, he's he's under the wrong guy. He, he's li, li, <laughs> literally under the wrong guy. You know that's like me bowling bowling down the gutter or bowling in the next lane. Or softball, you, t- you turn, you know, t- turn your ass and to back of the pitcher, stand in the batter's box and face, face, you know, face blue. <laughs> well, well, people face make blue. mistakes. People, make, what do you, you want? People you, make mistakes. You, you screw your head on right, Kirk. You're, you're making a lot of scratch. You're, you're preventing us from going and getting the pieces to make your life perfect. So if you want to have a, a, lo- a longer career here, you want to stick around. You don't want to stick around. You might want to lower that that salary ask. You might want to pull a Tom Brady, even though you're not as good. You might want to say, you know, enough is enough. I'm going to take a little less scratch and look in the mirror and and realize that I'm part of a team here. Uh, Uh Uh Uh-oh. The the casinos are famous for this. The the casinos are famous. Bad cell phone reception sometimes. Dude, he's at the casino on a Monday morning? I don't think he went home. And he's in a really (laughs) bad mood. And he was just going to give cousins all of the duds table. I will say, listen, the I can't judge the too much. Uh, there was a there was a time back in old Macadac's day where uh, he might have been in a casino uh, early on a Monday morning, enjoying the free hot dog buffet at Saint oh. Croix. Just saying, not with jock itch though. I can't judge. You might want uh, to see the doctor for the jock for the Kuris. jock itch, or at uh. least get some powder. Just sprinkle it down there. And oh, god. Powder? I, I, I do powder? empathize. I mean, you get a Tania Curris flare up during an oh, intimate God. moment with someone you sure. met on Tinder the day before. Sure. <laughs> grinder. You like that? You like that? I like what he says, Grinder. That's my favorite. Well, whether they want to be or not, Federated Mutual Insurance Company <laughs> is the proud sponsor <laughs> of Randy's Dud Stable. You know, Federated's <laughs> been around for over 100 years providing risk management tools and resources for business owners in the state of Minnesota. They're based in Owatonna. They are one of us. And you can find out how Federated, with all sorts of amazing people and resources, can help protect your bottom line, can help protect your employees, put together risk management plans, federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Bonus statements, anyone? I've got some, but I I would like to move on from the Vikings. So if there are more... Vikings, I feel that we should get those out right now. Yep. Because I I think uh, think we're good. As as Phil said at the outset of today's uh, show, big weekend. Good weekend if you look beyond the purple. Yep. My statement. Don't let the purple drag you down. Yeah. (laughs) My statement is this. Finally. Finally. The Gophers beat the Badgers in Minneapolis for the first time since 2003 to get the axe back. That is um, eight consecutive games, six consecutive defeats in the bank. It's over for the second time since 2018. You have won the axe. The storming the field was actually really cool. The Gophers trolling the Badgers by playing jump around with Love all that. the fans so on the field was really cool. Um, 
We we can debate the quality of the game, but I don't think we can debate the quality of the post game celebration and the fact that if nothing else, Gopher fans deserve this. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. Finally, yeah, finally it's, it, beat it, the no, it's great. It, Just time. It was time. You know, I, I I feel like all of you who gave up on the Gophers, you know, <laughs> one of us. Stood yeah, you put him firmly in, you and didn't confidently watch on the bandwagon the game. all season long. Okay, your exact words were, "I'm giving them a timeout. <laughs> They're in timeout. I'm not gonna watch them beat up on also, So if it makes you feel better too, because I think what's what's bothered me is eight and four is about the the basement for what this team should have done with pretty weak schedule and you know the way that they fought Ohio State in the first week of the season. And I just said uh, the Bowling Green loss is still going to just go down too. as an all-timer. And yeah. the Illinois loss, too. Yeah. But the Bowling Green loss had zero impact on their Big Ten standings. Mm-hmm. And I'm not exonerating. I'm just saying, like, if, if it makes you sleep better at night at all. Because I think some people are like, well, imagine if they would have won those two games. It would have put them in a better spot for a bowl game. But even if they beat Illinois, I, I believe uh, the Gophers and Iowa would both have been uh, – it would it have been two lost teams in conference, yes. and then the head-to-head tiebreaker would have gone yes. to Iowa. But the thing about it is the Hawkeyes game, look at the box score, man. They went down well, they there. Be and, yeah, they exactly. Be so you could have run the damn Big Ten table. But, yes, this was Hang fun. the banner. Let's almost beat Iowa. Yep, almost, almost beat Iowa. Beat Wisconsin. <laughs> Hang the banner. We love second place. It's pretty damn good. So, anyway. That was the post game was really it was fun to see a fan base starved for a victory at home against the Badgers finally get it. Mm-hmm. And I think like even though eight and four largely is a disappointing record for what this team probably could have done, beating Wisconsin at the end of the year makes fun. it feel more like a ten win. So I'm, you know, I'm just saying. I froze my butt off at the tailgate. It was, it was great though. It was a great, great vibe. The 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 place was packed by the time I left at about two o'clock. But I mean, it it was awesome. It, the the whole Dinky Town scene walking around was just was the tail, awesome. I, tailgates are great. Great time. Yeah, I do think we should celebrate how far Declan's Gophers football fandom has come. That yes. he actually went to a tailgate before them bolting for the prep bowl. But at some point, yeah. you will be able to go tailgate to and then who? go to an actual. Who did you root for in the prep bowl? Might be that. Who what? lost? Why? Uh, the gals, Amani Midaiko. Oh, so, go a Zephyr. Zephyr. A Zephyr. But they're playing Mankato West, man. Mankato West is a powerhouse. Like, that's former uh, Philip Nelson, I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, went, went to Mankato West. They, uh, they, they put some stuff anyway, out. Anyway, I'll, I'll, say, what, I'll say what Judd's thinking. Well, you're just going to jump right in again to uh, mm. rooting for a high school team. Yeah. Huh? Here we go. Yeah. Again, he got mad at me last time, so now I'm trying to back off. Nine point five out of ten. That's that's what I did. Nine point five. Um, all right, let's. There's so many other things to <laughs> to get at here from the weekend. Let's uh, let's go with this one because I know one of you guys will probably get to the twin stuff here. The Timberwolves are on a revenge tour. Jimmy Butler, check. <laughs> Joel Embiid, check. And I should have I should have had you guys grab the D'Angelo Russell sound from uh, Bally Sports North after they beat double overtime win, foul trouble all over the place, and they win that game in Philadelphia double overtime. D'Lo was outstanding in the fourth quarter in overtime, and he made a comment. He said, "Yeah, you know the, the the Sixers had a couple of guys who thought it would be sweet to come back from injury or being out <laughs> against us, and it ain't sweet. We're trying to put the league on notice." And he's talking about Joel Embiid who got hammered by COVID, and he talked after the game about just like... And Towns took the high road, too, and said, I told Joel, even though we ha- you know, we've you know we had our beef for a number of years, like I'm just glad that he 
made it to the other side with COVID because I've seen what it can do. So I was, I like the way that Towns took the high road there. But like, D'Angelo Russell was very frontally saying Joel Embiid circled this game to come back from being gone like three weeks with COVID because he thought he could punk the Timberwolves. Jimmy Butler thought he could punk the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. We the ones, Jack. We the ones, Jack. As Anthony, forget about that game against uh, Charlotte I was on Friday. Say, we how, have to talk about how that do you one. Wear that one. Uh, we not the ones happen. in that one. It's, it's it's not a sixty win team. Like they're gonna lose games. I'm they're kidding. gonna fight to be five hundred. And uh, I'm kidding. That game against the six. Philadelphia was win was awesome. a game they don't win. That was a religious experience for Timberwolves fans. Oh, oh God, I'm I'm trying to be. The positive, bar has been set God. low. Okay, the bar has been set low. I think Dave Benz called it one of the three to five greatest games in Timberwolves history. And in fairness, Benzie came along like after the KG era. It's Wolves. one of the greatest games in it his tenure. It is one of the five greatest games since he's been in here. In his tenure. So. Yes. So that was awesome. Yes. All right. My statement. Uh, I'll actually I'll, I'll stick uh, from over the weekend as well. Uh, I'll go with thank God for the Minnesota Wild. Just thank goodness for the Minnesota Wild continuing to win games. They have a big win over the Jets on Friday. The Jets are struggling, but still, uh, they, they put the clamps on a big 7-1 to win. And then they had an even more impressive win yesterday against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. That's arguably one of the best teams in the NHL. And they just continue to win games, man. You know, I, they have a soft spot in their schedule coming up. They have the Coyotes on Tuesday at home. They had the Devils on Thursday at home. Um, Judd and I on a Judd's Hockey Show yesterday were looking for the swoon because the wild swoon tends to come around the new year, January, February time. All of a sudden, the wild, the, what did you call it? The Mike Yo time, the, 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 the classic Yo swoon will start to kick in around then. Valentine's Day around then, too. Luckily, February, yeah, you're right. Luckily, the, and to much of Judd's chagrin, the NHL is off for basically the entire month of February because of the Crap. Olympics. I hope they pull out. So of there time. can't be a swoon in February. Get out. There could be one in January, but they're, they're really, I'm looking at the schedule here. I don't see a swoon. I don't see, I don't see a tough stretch coming. I know adversity might hit this team, but this is it, Overside baby. The flag. I don't you know flag. what this is about? I'm in studio we we got to get Judd a studio flag. A studio I don't have a studio flag. flag. Grab the bear claw. Someone get me a studio grab the bear flag. Claw. Grab the bear claw. Where, where's the bear claw? It's above above the head. Judd, take off your headphones and grab the bear claw. And while I do yeah, that, we'll wait. this, this we'll is about because it's about one thing. It's about one Listen, thing. You guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about? Spurgy? 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 that. This is about winning. Wave the claw. Wave the claw. Wave the wild bear claw. The ambiguous claw. What is a wild? I don't know. I don't care. There it is. State of hockey. I love it. Thank God for the wild. Thank God for the wild. All right. Back to 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 bear claw. Okay. Hold on. I got to bear claw. I got to put the bear claw away <clears throat> because I'm going to move on from the wild. <clears throat> the buck stops here. That's wow. correct. The buck stops oh, here. Is right there. Byron Buxton. Congratulations to all sides here Be- because as the Vikings kicked off, we also got word via Jeff Passan, Ken Rosenthal that Byron Buxton had agreed to a seven-year, $100 million contract with a no-trade clause that gives Buxton clearly the security and incentives he wants, and it gives the Twins a very reasonable contract 
for a guy who, who has been hurt far too much, but when he's healthy, is a dynamic player. And really, a guy who, if you had traded, and I know that there are some issues potentially here with this contract, although I happen to think it's a pretty good deal. If you had traded him, though, what's the message? I mean, the message is we're rebuilding. The message is it it's comes off as we're cheap, right? This contract, to me, is incredibly fair, and it is incredibly beneficial for both sides. And if you're the Twins, I think you're probably delighted. It's a it's a really team friendly contract. Mm-hmm. I think when we when we were kind of throwing out a hundred million dollars in our scoop sessions with Doogie, it was more like a hundred million dollars over five years, not seven years. Right. And so you know, fourteen million dollars a year on average. It's actually like almost ten million dollars less per year than the Joe Maurer contract, mm-hmm. and that was over ten years ago that that contract was signed. So it's it. It doesn't train wreck the Twins' salary. It's not a salary cap, but just like their their budget, I guess, if you will, if he doesn't play. So it's a hedge against the games that he might miss. But then he gets the upside of if he finishes anywhere between 1st and 10th, I think, in MVP votes, he could make millions more dollars per year. Which is perfect. And by the way, if he stays healthy and he's going to get there's plate appearance incentives, like once he gets to 530 Mm -hmm. or whatever, and like if he hits all those incentives and you're paying him an extra, let's say, $10 million a year, everybody's good with it because yeah. if he hits those incentives, like he's one of the best players in baseball. So it's actually a great contract. It's the first time I have praised the twins for really anything since about, <laughs> uh, I don't know, like January of 2020. So nice work. Congratulations all to all sides. Now just pray that he can play 105 games <laughs> or 90, maybe 90. Let's set the bar at 90 and see what happens. <laughs> that's, so right, who else has statements here? Yeah, that's such a Minnesota statement. Well, he's only played above 92 games once. No, his, I know. What, I know, but years. let's let's come on. Let's turn the corner now. Let's see some let's see one let's see 120. How about 50? 50 games. Let's, let's see 125. We can work our way there. <laughs> um all right, I'm I'm out of statements here. I'm just I'm just elated that everyone except for the Vikings was uh successful this weekend. Didn't the Gophers beat like some Gopher men's basketball team beat some slappy school too? Oh, like Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. that was, they'd be like that was um, what night was that? I, uh, well, I, I did. I, I, I did see Ben Johnson doesn't want them to overlook a two and four Pittsburgh team. I saw some quotes about that this morning. Don't, you know, can't, he's we can't overlook the starters them. down too much. Right? He's playing well, he's them. dead. They're all going to be very upset. Gassed. About this. Yeah, they beat like playing they, like a six man rotation. I'm not upset gets, by the way. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, they beat Jacksonville by eleven on Wednesday on Drinksgiving. See, there it is. Oh, yeah, celebrated. I've got, I've got one more unless. You've got. Uh, I, I, I love James Bond, by the way. I saw James oh, Bond. Okay. I thought it was the perfect ending. I thought it was the perfect ending to the storybook career of Daniel Craig. And I, I haven't, I've seen other Bond films pre James, uh, pre Daniel Craig. I, for my money, he is the best Bond. I think he's the best Bond. And I, 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 I should, I should go back and watch more of the Sean Connery ones. I don't think I've seen those ones. Which mom, I, I, need, mom, I need to do oh, justice there. Okay, you justice can't, there. okay. Well, hold on. Pump the brakes. You okay. can't have a take on this unless okay. you've seen the Sean Connery Bonds. Okay. All right. Like he's the I, he's I like knew that was well coming. no I mean Judd, no, am I wrong like you've never seen a no I mean I, like, I got no takes here but uh, I, my I mom loves like, Sean Connery you can't, you can't say that Daniel Craig's the best okay. Bond if you've never seen a Sean Connery the Sean Bond Connery movie. years I guess were great so yeah. there's seven Sean Connery Bond movies Look at, listen Phil I, this was, you, this you was well, listen to yourself this was planned that was like, this was planned. You're like, I had a Heggie's pizza. Heggie's Heggie's pizza is the best pizza I've ever had. It's like, have you ever had another slice of pizza? No. Yeah, I can. 
I can see where this is going. This is that's why I did that. But yeah, da- anyway, Daniel Craig, uh, great ending to the storybook career of mm-hmm. of of, uh, of James Bond. I just love bringing James Bond takes. You know what? That's all I'm trying to do here. Not like anyone else in the show loves James Bond more than anything else. That's not Rocky Four. I'm I'm just bringing up a point <laughs> that he did a great job as James you, Bond. So, have you seen? The Connery films, or you haven't? Really? I have. You know, no, he is not. Okay, no, so you're. I, I thought you might be trolling Phil completely, and that you've seen him. So okay. Well, here's the tough part too. I've seen every one of the Bond movies yeah, about like a hundred times. times. Yeah, I know you. Have. And I just and I, so I've seen all the Connery Bond movies a million times too. I still think Daniel Craig might be the greatest Bond of all time. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying it, having done full in-depth reviews yeah. of all You've of the You've offended Phil I like to look at ads and not not really like look at the content and just kind of like to spew out my takes. You know, I'm just I'm just going <laughs> to let you know how I feel about you and your and your and your branding uh, without really consuming all the content. I I, I yeah. love that when, that when Minnesota you... sports fans do that. Do they do that? I think they do that. Uh, th- that's just what I'm doing group. here. I my think age your group? age group. Why is it my age group? Does this because you guys are like young people dismiss the, everything before here, 2000. Here's yeah, the facts, Jack, and then you're like, but we're I don't really ones. know the facts. Cuz we the ones, Jack, that's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why. You and Aunt. No, and it's Aunt. great. Me and Anthony Edwards. Speaking of it. perfect endings, Jed, you have to see Save by the Bell reboot season 2 if you haven't talked. I've not even started it yet. Have you seen I, the first I season? I did see that. Yes. Yeah, in okay. fact, I binged it. Yeah, see the second one. In one night. Um I did see the tribute to Screech. Yeah, that was very much. It was very planned secondary. out. Secondary. Well, and it was very. I saw it, um, and it was very much like the producers were like, "We should do something. We got to mm-hmm. do something here." And they then just they're like, threw it in there. "And then they're like, yeah, to screech, to screech, everyone." But they didn't say what happened. Like they didn't acknowledge. Did screech die? Like I don't think they said. It was sort of like they they knew that you knew what happened to Dustin Diamond, and so they just yeah. sort of forced it in there. I yeah, it, it didn't seem. But um, are, are Jesse and and Slater back together now? Why I, would you want me to spoil that? Uh, because I've seen the scene where they're going to go to the max and all that together, and I'm figuring that they get back together. I'm gonna get. I think the rule on this show now is we have to give it a week. It's only been out for like a few yeah. days. We should give it a week oh, okay. before we. Spoil I didn't know anything. when it came out. Yeah. Okay. Spoilers don't bug spoil me though. See, I don't care about those because if I'm going to watch the show, I'm going sure. to watch the show. So I don't care if you spoil it. Personally, well, it doesn't bother me. And it didn't bug me that Mackie spoiled Bond. Like, it's been out for, like, almost, what, two months at this point. So, I felt bad about that. But but I it's fine. Bad. And I also heard rumors about it. Like, he I, dies, I, though? I, I, it's out there already. <laughs> I, did, I got Hold some, on, hold on, hold on. I Okay. If you don't want the spoiler, go away. Well, then go t- away. Yeah, then tell me more. Bounce so. rate. Get out of here. Like, shot? Uh, no, it was very cryptic because because uh, oh. Rami Malek was was the was the villain who did a f- awesome job. Rami Malek's good, and I thought it was it was very like cool how they basically had to kill him off because because he because he had this like poison basically on him, oh. like so, in his bloodstream. In it's his, hard to in his explain. Body. Yeah, yeah. So basically, like Rami Malek's plan was to create these sort of poisonous combinations, like DNA based poisons that are very custom. So like. We could inject the poison into Judd, and it's only contagious for, like, one specific person. They can program, like, their DNA to your DNA kind of a thing. And so Rami Malek <laughs> made James Bond poison for the love of his life and his child. And so James could never be around the love of his life and his child and therefore stayed back on this island, essentially, to die. I didn't yeah. know. That's interesting. It was I didn't know cool. Bond had a kid. Well, he didn't until this movie. Yeah. Well, and and then he cares about the kid now. 
I'm not buying that. This is classic <laughs> you. I'm not buying that. I'd come back and kill him. I'm James Bond. The world needs me. Well, now the question well, is, There's another double. how are they going to reboot the series? Yeah. Like, you just kill James Bond. So. Oh, they'll fight. Are you kidding? These people went how from going to, Connery to Roger Moore. They'll find a way to do but it. They never, but they never killed him. He always was, like, in bed with a woman at the end of all the movies. Right. Now he's dead. Mm. That's really, really. Yeah, those Connery Bonds. I think those would be good for Declan to check out. <laughs> yep, I'll do that. Connery wasn't that good, Phil. I've never seen one, but he, I, I don't think he's that good. I'm you j- can have that take if you've seen it. I'm fine. joking. Right. Connery was a legend. Do you have another? Did, did you, you have one more statement, statement before I bombard you? No, I'm good now. No, no, no. I'm, no, no. no. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to actually bring my last statement into who gets it, oh, look at who that. doesn't tomorrow. What a pro. So I'll, okay. te- I'll tease that because it's the, it's the one thing that occurred on Sunday that we have yet to talk about that I think Minnesota sports fans have some opinions on. So. You we'll know get who gets it? The, the Timberwolves for their 10-point win over the Pacers tonight. I'm going That's tonight. Expensive. I'm going tonight. Mm-hmm. Pacers are beatable. Very beatable. Rock-solid team. Yep. But not great. But not great. Playing at home. Yep. I think the Wolves are like four-point favorites. Wolves should Let's win this it. game. LFG. Wolves should win, the, should win this game and big night, possibly. Yep. I like it. Yep. All right. Check us out if you missed. Oh, my. Scherzer to yeah. the Mets for $130 million over three Oh, it's years. done, yeah. huh? A lot of baseball moves today. It's 37. Dude, that's crazy. I love Max Scherzer. Yeah. You the know Mets why? Just, the Mets are just so desperate, though. The lockout starts Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to see to get a deals done now. Today. Cash in, dude. So, all right, that's a, that's a wrap, Mackie and Judd. Check us out, Vikings Ventline, if you missed it, on the Purple Daily podcast and YouTube channel. See you guys tomorrow. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.